All right, it's good to see everybody tonight for sure uh, coming out to the Lord's house to worship together. Uh, just a great, great thing uh, to do, especially on Sunday. It's been a while since I had a Sunday night service, uh, ever since I have to go back before COVID. Because uh, when coronavirus hit, uh, even in the United Methodist Church, we did not, my church did not want to go back to have Sunday night service. But uh, anyway, uh, it's, good to, it's good to find myself back. I grew up in church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We had a revival every night. I mean, that's how I grew up. That's all I have known basically my whole life. And so I'm glad to be able to be here with you tonight. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at part of verse 19 and verse 20 uh, tonight as I'm preaching about being thankful in all things. And I think during the Thanksgiving season, we particularly ought to be thinking about what are we thankful for? What all has the Lord done for us in our life? It's not just what he's done for us lately. It's what he has done accumulatively all throughout the course of our lifetime. So are you thankful no matter what? I mean, the Bible teaches us, and God says that we ought to be thankful no matter what. I mean, I think about people that even as, even recently have lost their jobs. I mean, I have a brother-in-law that uh, recently, a few months ago, uh, lost his, uh, his job. He was, had a really good job with uh, Farmers Insurance Company, and they just went through some hard times and made some cuts. And, you know, hopefully he's going to have a, another job. He had a great interview the other day, he said, but... Uh, hopefully he's going to be back at work. So, sometimes we lose our our jobs. Sometimes the economy continues to struggle. Uh, you may have lost your health or a loved one. Those are some tough things that we have to go through. Uh, so, such circumstances as those can certainly be tough on us. They're just hard. Sometimes it's just hard to think about life and where life is going. Uh, there was, I want to talk to you tonight for just a moment about a, a, a man who found himself in prison, falsely accused, had every right to be bitter, except he resp- refused to be bitter. Um, every time he, every time he heard footsteps coming down the corridor, he thought it could be his executioners uh, coming to get him and take him out uh, of this world. But thinking about him, uh, his only bed was a cold, hard stone floor in a dark, cramped prison cell. I think about prisoners sometimes, and I'm telling you, they they don't have a life of luxury there, no matter what we think. Can you imagine living in a six-by-eight cell for most of your life. It would just be an extremely difficult thing to do. Not one hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the chains and the shackles and the pain of the iron on his wrist and feet. He was separated from his friends, unjustly accused, brutally treated. If a person ever had a right to complain, it was this man. 
languishing, almost forgotten, in a harsh Roman prison. But instead of complaints, his lips rang with the words of praise and thanksgiving. The man was the Apostle Paul, a man who had learned the meaning of true thanksgiving, even in the midst of great adversity. No matter what the circumstances, he said, he thought to himself, Thanksgiving for the Apostle Paul was not a once-a-year celebration. I don't think it ought to be a once-a-year celebration for us. I think for him in his life, it was a daily occurrence in his life. It was a reality for him, and it was that Thanksgiving that he had that changed him into a joyful person in his life. You know, we all ways sometimes, you know, I've heard preachers preach, and they start uh, preaching about Paul and trying to describe what kind of a person he was. And sometimes we hear that, you know, he was a cold, kind of harsh, very focused, one-direction kind of a guy. I don't believe that was him at all. I believe he had a smile on his face most of the time. I believe he was happy to be alive in the world he lived in. Thanksgiving, which is the giving of thanks to God for all his blessings, should be one of the most distinctive marks in the life of a Christian. Listen to the words that Paul spoke in Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Now, I do want to tell you that if, if you, um, I don't know what version of the Bible you use. I preach out of the New International Version and have been since 1984. Uh, at that time, I was a youth minister, and uh, I just found that my young people would not read the King James Version. And so I said, okay, let me get as good a version as I can that'll still honor and stay true to God's Word. And I settled on the NIV after a lot of a lot of study and a lot of research, and I found out one thing. When they could read it and it sounded like them talking, they would read it. And so I was happy, and I made that change. So Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 19, he said, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, think about that. Always giving thanks, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, nothing, I believe, in life turns us into a bitter, selfish, dissatisfied person more quickly than an ungrateful heart. You ever encountered people that were just ungrateful? I mean, they're all around us. I don't know... I, I don't know if you have ungrateful uh, people in your home sometimes. I don't know if you have ungrateful people that you work with. I don't know if you affiliate or associate with people that don't really have a lot of gratitude or thankfulness in their heart for what they have or what other people give or do from them. But anyway, being ungrateful, nothing will do more to restore the contentment and the joy of our salvation quicker than having a true spirit of thankfulness. What do you thank God for? 
I mean, think about that in your life. Or what, do you, what do you do? I try to thank everybody. If people give me something, uh, people want to do something for me, I try to be thankful to them. I thank you. I told my church this morning that pastor I grew up in, in under in Mississippi, um, in Meridian, Mississippi, always told me as I was preparing, even as a youngster, uh, to go into the ministry. He always told me, he said, never refuse the gift from anyone. He said, if someone wants to give you something, you take it. He said, it doesn't matter if it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. It doesn't matter if you think to yourself, you know what? I don't have any use for this. What am I going to do to this with this eyesore? He said, you take it with a joyful heart and be thankful to them because if you don't, if you refuse it, you may rob them of the joy of giving this to you in your life. God may have led them or they felt he was leading them to give you this. It's tough sometimes. I think about in the ancient world, leprosy was a terrible disease. It really was uh, for sure. Hey, by the way, uh, I noticed that y'all don't have a clock up at the back. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to put my watch here. But don't worry about that. Don't mean a thing. Don't don't worry about my watch at all. Uh, leprosy was a terrible disease. It hopelessly disfigured those who had it, and it permanently cut them off from normal society. It did. Without exception, every leper yearned for one thing: to be healed. You think people with cancer today, you think they yearn for that one thing, that same one thing, I want to be healed, I want to be cured, I don't want to ever have to deal with this again in my life. No matter what illness you have, you want to be healed. You want it to be gone. You just want it out of your life. One day, ten lepers came up to Jesus. They approached him. And very loudly in a voice, they were crying out to him, They were crying out to him, Son of God, heal us, make us whole, make us well. That wasn't their exact words, but they were crying out to him. They wanted him to heal them. And you know what? Uh, I think uh, being ungrateful or, or having a spirit of ingratitude is also a sin. Just as surely as lying or stealing or robbing or committing any kind of a sexual sin or anything else, I believe that's all sin, and I believe it's all condemned by Jesus, the God's holy word, the Bible. Um, anyway, when we think about that, one of the Bible's indictments against a rebellious human society is that, as Paul, as Paul wrote to the church at Rome in, in chapter 1, verse 21, he said, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Let me tell you, you're talking about a deprived people uh, when you ignore him, when you don't give thanks to him, when you don't have no ever express any appreciation to God. Today, that spirit is all too common in people around us. They're just not very grateful. Even common courtesy is scorned. I've listened to women who, when they were out on a date, uh, they've told me sometimes in my office, I, I work full-time for Archbold Hospital, and I have been for 29 years in addition to serving uh, the church. 
and uh, I'm a counselor. I do marriage, family, and individual counseling. And I listened to, uh, had, had one girl in my office one day, and uh, she was telling me about how horrible it was that she went on this date, and this guy actually tried to open the car door for her, and she said, I don't need you to do that. I'm perfectly capable. capable. Man. <laughs> she did, in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad, bad way, from one end of the Bible to the other. One end to the other, we are commanded to be thankful. In fact, thankfulness is the natural outflowing of a heart that is tuned to God. The psalmist declared, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Paul wrote, Be thankful A spirit of thanksgiving is always a mark of of a joyous Christian. So why should we be thankful? Why should we be? Because God has blessed us, and we should be thankful for each and every blessing that we receive. Number one tonight, be thankful for, thank God for the material blessings that he gives you. Do you know we seem to never be satisfied, rich or poor, with what we have, ownership, uh, we just never seem to be completely satisfied. It doesn't matter if we're healthy, wealthy, wise, sick. It seems like people today always want more. King David prayed, Wealth and honor come from you. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you, he said in First Chronicles chapter 29. Billy Graham said one time, he said, some years ago I visited a man and he was very wealthy and a successful and was the enemies, I mean, was the envy of all his uh, friends and fellow businessmen. He was so successful. But he said, I, as, we, as I sat down with him and we talked, he said he broke down into tears confessing that he was miserable inside. Wealth had not been able to fill the empty place in his heart. And he said, just a short time later that day, I visited another man only a short distance from this man, and he said his cottage was humble, and he had almost nothing in the way of the world's possessions. And yet his face was radiant as he told me about the work that he was doing for Christ and how Christ had filled his life with meaning and purpose. And Billy Graham said, I'm convinced that the second man was really the rich man. Although he didn't have much, he learned to be thankful this man did for everything he had. Paul said to that church at Philippi in chapter 4, he said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, a spirit of thankfulness makes all the difference. Are you constantly preoccupied with what you do not have? Sometimes we say, man, I wish I had a bigger house. I wish I had a, a better car. I wish I had a newer car. I wish I had some better clothes. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. We just are 
not really thankful. We haven't learned to be content with where we are and what we have and what we possess in life. I can tell you, you can look at me and you say, you know what, that preacher out there, he can say whatever we, he wants to, but I can look at him and tell he ain't never missed a meal in his life. <laughs> now, Cheryl and I, uh, when we first got married, we went through some lean years in our marriage. I mean, there was a times in our life where all we had was peanut butter and crackers. Sandwiches. We didn't have a lot of extra money. I was going to school. Uh, you know, she was working. I was working part-time, and we just didn't have a lot. The second thing tonight is thank God for the people in your life. You know, it's easy to take people for granted. Sometimes it's even easy to complain and get angry because that person may not meet, meet our every wish and desire. But we need to learn to give thanks for those people that are around us each and every day. Um, our spouses, our children. Hey, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We need to give thanks to the Lord for all those people, and even our friends and others who help us along our journey in life in some way. I had a lady in my office a few years ago, <clears throat> and she was telling me on one hand, she was telling me about how kind and considerate and uh, faithful and fortunate she was to have this man that she was married to as a husband. And then she went on for about the next 30 minutes talking about and listing all his faults. And I looked at her and I said, do you love this man? And she said, I love him, but I'm not in love with him. And I said, what does that mean? You know, love, when I got married to Cheryl, uh, it wasn't because I knew for the rest of my life that every day I was going to feel like I was in love with her. In fact, when we got married, I didn't really know what love was. But I lear I've learned in 43 years what it is. And uh, it, it just is... I, all I've what I've really learned in marriage is like a lot of other things in life. We don't, we're not supposed to live our life based on how we feel. We're supposed to live our life based on what we know the right thing to do is. What's the right thing? Man, there's some, I, I love her all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but I don't like her every day. <laughs> and I'm quite sure she'd tell you, I don't like you either. I don't like him. Some days we're best friends, and sometimes uh, we're, she's on one end of the house, and I'm on the other. <laughs> yeah, I'm going easy, brother Kerry. <laughs> uh, how many marriages or other relationships grow cold and eventually are shattered because of the sin of ingratitude? We need to thank God for what we have. At one point, ladies, you chose that man to be married to you. Husbands? At one time, you chose that woman to be your wife. Look for the good. Be grateful for what you got and what you have and what they do, and start trying to compare your stop trying to compare your life 
to what you see on TV or on soap operas or something like that. Because your life is never going to be like that. Paul began his very first letter to the church at Corinth by saying, I'm always thankful and I always thank God for you. Uh, I thank God every time I get to get in the pulpit and stand up. I'm thankful to God for giving me another opportunity uh, at my age to just preach, just share his word with folks. One time, some of those men from Corinth were approaching Paul when he was in prison, when he was in Rome. And in, in, the, in Acts, we read in chapter 28, uh, it says, At the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. Thank God every day for those that touch your life. Thank God in the midst of trials and persecution. Nobody, nobody... No, nobody in here, not one of us wants to go through trials. We don't want to go through temptation. We don't want to go through tribulation. We don't want to go through the storms of life. But sometimes, hey, we learn the greatest lessons and more about the Lord's love and care and compassion and his patience when we travel down those roads and go through those storms in our life. We know that he's promised to help us and to be our guide and always be there for us. In times of suffering, I believe he even uses those times in our life to draw us closer to him. I'll, I'll share a personal example, another one from my own life. I'm 68 years old. If I live till January, I'll be 69. Uh, I love preaching. I mean, I love my job at Archbold. But if I had to make a choice which one I'd rather do, would I rather work for Archbold or, or preach? Well, it's preach hands down every time. When I was 50 years old, I got diagnosed. I'd been diagnosed at age 36 with rheumatoid arthritis, but it didn't really start bothering me until I was 50. And let me tell you, for about three or four years, I prayed every day, not once or not twice, I was hurting so bad and in so much pain all the time. I prayed continuously, God, take this from me. God, heal me. God, fix this. You can do that. I know you've got the power. Remove this from me. And after praying all day and asking him several times a day for about three or four years, I finally got, kind of got through my thick skull that, yeah, this is not going to happen. So I started praying different. You know how I started praying then? I finally figured it out, and I said, God, don't worry about healing me. I'd love for you to do that, but what I'd rather you do is give me the strength, the energy, and the desire to get out of the bed every morning and go to work. And that changed my entire life when I changed the way I approached God in prayer. James said in chapter 1, he said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. When Daniel learned that there were some evil men that were looking, plotting against him and wanting to destroy him, do away with him, 
it says in Daniel chapter 6, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And then let me tell you about Cheryl's grandmother. Cheryl's grandmother uh, lived, I, I think she, she was 103 when she died, and she just died, what, about three years ago, four years ago? Uh, she had her for a long time, and Cheryl was her favorite grandchild. There's no doubt about that. But she had Cheryl for a long time. She was the only girl. She had four boys, and then when the, her first grandchild was born, it was Cheryl. And she was tickled about that girl. But her favorite verse in the Bible, and I've heard her quote it many times, is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and it says these words, Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks. I don't know what trials you may be facing today. I, I just have no idea. I'm sure for some of us in here, we're facing tests. We're facing trials. But God knows what they are. And I can tell you now, God loves you. He cares about you. He's listening to you. He don't always heal us in our bodily life here on this earth. But let me tell you, when you take that last breath here and make that first step of transition over to the next life, you are perfectly healed. You are perfect in that moment. And you will stay perfect for the rest of eternity. What does he say about heaven? No tears, no mourning, no crying, no pain. What a glorious place that is going to be. We ought to thank God every day because he's given us the greatest gift of all. His son who died on the cross and rose again so that you and I can know him personally and walk with him and spend eternity with him in heaven. Fourth thing this, this, this evening is thank God especially for his salvation in Jesus Christ. Paul said to that church at Corinth in that second letter, he said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Have you ever received an indescribable gift? Yes, you have. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has given to you an indescribable gift. I mean, that's enough to stand up and shout about. I mean, we ought to just thank God every day for that gift. The Bible tells us that we're separated from God because we have sinned. But God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He wants us to be part of his family forever. He loves us so much again that he sent that son you know what john three sixteen says all of you know it for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life let me ask you have you opened your have you opened your heart to jesus christ today i mean i think opening our heart to the lord and to jesus christ is not a one-time thing I like the way it says in Greek when it talks about salvation. In Greek, um, it, is a, uh, it, it is a participle, that word salvation, 
And that means that you're continuing to be saved all through your life. It's not a one-day, one-act thing. You're rejoicing in the Lord and you're continuing to be saved because hopefully you're getting closer and closer and closer to Him every day that you take breath on this earth. All you have to do is turn to Him in a simple prayer of repentance and faith and thank them Him for what He's done for you. If you know Him and if you are a student of the Bible and you know Jesus Christ, how long has it been since you thanked God for your salvation? We should not let a day go by without thanking God for his indescribable gift. The last thing tonight is thank God for his continued presence and power in your life. When we come to Christ, it is not the end, but the beginning of a whole new life. Whole new life uh, when we come to him. He's with us, and he wants to help us follow him. And follow his word. He just does. In ourselves, we don't have the strength that we need to live the way God wants us to live. But when he, we turn ourselves over to him, we discover that it is God who works in us to will and act according to good purpose. That comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Jesus promised his disciples in Matthew chapter 28. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he said, surely I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. In many countries around the world, a special day is set aside for Thanksgiving every year. But for the Christian, every day can be a day of Thanksgiving. We are always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ according to to that 20th verse here in Ephesians. It's an incredible thing to walk with him, to know him, to talk with him. It, it is a great, great thing in life. So let me ask you as I, as I close, do you know the joy of a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Do you know that joy? If you'll turn to God, he can take away your bitterness and give you the true spirit of thanksgiving, being thankful to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the blessings you give us. We thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity to be here to worship you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for the power it has in our life. It is a life-changing word. It is a a word that breathes and walks and leads in our lives. We thank you, God, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. None of us here even deserve your mercy and your grace. None of us deserve to have a relationship with you or a place in heaven one day with him and with you, Father. But we thank you for that indescribable gift that we have in salvation in him. I ask now, God, as we come to this time in the service tonight, I ask you to just bless each and every person that is here. Bless them personally. Bless their homes. Bless their families. 
no matter where they may be. Lord, just bless each and every one of them. Also, God, tonight, uh, we just ask you to be with us as we depart from this place this evening and go to a time of food and fellowship together around the tables. Lord, just be with us. Watch over us. Help us, Lord, to just look at each other and love one another because that's really one of the ways that we give you thanks every day by loving one another. Watch over us and guide us now. Thank you for all that you do again. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, amen.